This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's always great to be saving money on that power bill, using technology wisely, and living a more sustainable life. I'm Tim Eccles. I'm vice chair of the Georgia Public Service Commission, host here with my co-host, Casey Boyce. Casey, good to be in the studio with you. Yeah, it's always great to see you, and it's always great to be here with our intrepid producer, Logan, who has had to deal with our remote audio files for so long. I, I bet it's nice for him to be behind the board here. Yeah, a year and a half of doing this show on the road. But you know what, Casey? It has allowed us to bring in guests from all over the world that normally we would never have been able to Which have. has been fantastic. I mean, we've had folks on from Australia, from Israel, uh, from you know the northeastern part of the U.S., California. Uh, I mean, all over the place. So it, it has been good. And and hopefully we'll be able to bring uh, listeners those kinds of guests in the future as we're, we're kind of figuring out uh, how we mix uh, pandemic learnings with uh, being back in the studio here. Casey, I really appreciate our listeners because we're on a number of terrestrial radio stations now and on just about every podcast platform. We get great feedback. We have loyal listeners. So thank you if you're a loyal listener. But if you're brand new, man, we're all about helping you save money and use technology and and live sustainably. And Casey, it's not always... Uh, a one-size-fits-all on things that we're talking about. Sometimes things don't work for people, right? No, I mean, that's part of the theme of this show, right, is that there's lots of cool technologies out of, out there. There's lots of great ways to save money, live more sustainably. But it really comes down to what your own circumstances are, right, and what's going to work for you, right? We talk a lot about EVs, and, you know, an EV may work for a lot of people right now. It may not work for you right now. So, you know, that's okay. But today we're going to be talking about solar right tim that's right we've got russ seifert in the studio you've heard his you've heard his promotions on our show creative solar usa.com russ great to have you in studio with us at, at, at our home base here in athens it's great to be here with both you and casey as well casey we've told people over and over again that they need to be getting multiple quotes on solar because there are a lot of people coming into our state just marketing companies they don't know anything about installing solar and they're farming these jobs out and it's not always a good situation today we have an expert we got somebody that's been in the business 14 years and someone that we certainly feel comfortable with and casey you're going to be proud to know that i'm finally on my hushton home getting solar Solar thermal or nope. solar PV? I'm getting solar PV. All and, right. I, I, and you know, I've had solar thermal. I know you have. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm going PV. And Casey, I know, you, you know, you've given me a hard time about a number of things. You shame me into getting another electric car, right? I've had six. And so now I've got, you know, now I've got another 2013 Leaf that I hobble around. I went by the Nissan dealership today, hoping maybe it would qualify for a new battery. They said, uh. nah, nah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's too old. So I'm hobbling around on a 70 mile range. But you know what? I'm making it work. Well, that's great to hear. I mean, you know, look, I, I'm not uh, someone who is all about shaming people, but, you know, Tim, if I can shame you into doing some cool <laughs> things, I'm kind of excited about yeah, that. Russ, <laughs> we want to talk about in this first segment with you today, 
what customers who might want to put solar in their home need what considerations that they they may need to make i mean maybe the roof maybe the direction maybe the trees so let's let's go through a number of factors that you look at with customers uh, and maybe let's start with the actual location of the home Sure, absolutely. You want to look at your roof on Google Maps or Google Earth, and you want to see, you know, what direction your roof is uh, tilting towards. You know, is it tilting toward the south, southeast, southwest? Or if you have a picture of a roof that is equally east and west, that sometimes works out as well, too. So, Casey, you've got solar uh, on your home, and the solar that Russ is putting on my home is... Uh, is just in the right direction. It's picking up that afternoon, that afternoon sun. Uh, I mean, you're in Decatur, Casey. You got trees. I don't have any trees out in Jackson County. Was that a consideration for you all when you put solar on? It was, and in fact, we had a tree that was on the south side of our house that shaded our roof, and it was a. Uh, uh, pecan tree and those are very messy trees if, if you know anything about pecans and my neighbor right I'm in Decatur so our, our houses are all of 20 feet from each other my neighbor had long wanted us to take this tree down so as part of putting solar on our roof we actually took that tree down so that we we got the unimpeded sun through most of the day. Russ as you go out and evaluate homes is tree cover uh, a major consideration? It is because we live in Treelanta. I don't know if you know that. Huh. Uh, and trees, you have to, you know, we respect them. Uh, I am a tree hugger to some degree, but I also got to respect if you're just trimming them back a little bit to make solar more efficient, I think you're doing a good in both ways. Uh, you also need to look at the age of your roof and we'll inspect it as well. And if we think it needs looking at, we'll send somebody down there as well. You know, on the, the tree thing, that, that is something that is worth thinking about because, you know, if you've got good shade on your house, you might end up using more energy if you cut down those trees and to put solar on because that you, shade is keeping you cool and, and making sure your air conditioning isn't working so hard, right, Russ? absolutely right, Casey. Absolutely right. And it doesn't always have to be on the roof. Oh, we should talk about that. All right. But but I want to talk about the roof thing because I was actually talking to a friend this uh, past weekend and he put solar on his house recently and the age of the roof was an issue. So they had maybe, I don't know, five years left or so of the mm -hmm. roof but they said, look, you know, the cost to remove the solar panels and then put them back on when we need a new roof in five years, it just makes more sense to get a new roof right now. What, what kinds of things are you seeing or advising your clients or us? When, when clients tell us about the age of the roof and if somewhere's around 12 to 15 years old, we recommend them have it inspected because the worst thing that ever happened with a customer is you spend this kind of money and have your solar put on your roof. And then two or three years later, somebody goes to look at it and say, you need a new roof. And then you got to call us and pay us a few thousand dollars more to have it taken off and put back on. Yeah, that's what he was saying is that it was going to be a couple thousand dollars yeah. to take it down and, and put it back up. So he said, let's just go ahead and do the roof right now. I think it's very smart. And what's actually beneficial in that way is that it also preserves the roof better. Russ, let me ask, is, is there ever an instance where the tax credit, the federal tax credit that people get, could be extended to the cost of the roof as they're doing solar? Not on a residential home, Tim. Uh, not on a residential home. Now, on home, uh, commercial businesses, if the roof area is being treated 
to reflect for bifacial panels, that portion of it can be claimed. But other than that, not that I'm aware of. But so we seek professional tax advice. When you say bifacial panels, are you talking about a flat roof there? But yeah, what I mean by bifacial panels is panels that actually collect energy from reflecting from a white background of the roof onto the underside and increases the efficiency of the panels. Well, well wait a second. I, did, I didn't know about this. What, 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 is, what is this concept called? This technology of bifacial panels came out about eight, nine years ago, but the cost of it was prohibitive. Now that the cost has been driving down and then come back up and driven back down, and now we're dealing with commercial panels of almost 450 watts. To have a bifacial panel, you're paying a few pennies more, but the increase of potential energy production is by anywhere from seven to 15% better, it's worth it. Wow, and are you still looking at, uh, for a commercial business, using maybe these bifacial panels, are we looking at a 12, 13, 14 year payback, or is it is it less? It's less. Uh, on a commercial business, we've seen paybacks from four and a half years to eight and a half years on the norm. Wow. In our second segment, we're going to be talking about batteries and coupling batteries. But I want to keep going because I get a lot of complaints from people about homeowners associations yes. and rules from homeowners associations. And I, I tell them, Russ, that homeowners associations are elected positions. It's the smallest political jurisdiction out there, probably other than a Rotary Club. And they need to engage with these homeowners associations just like they would with me or any other elected official. Do you get a lot of complaints about homeowners associations? We get some, and what we recommend homeowners is to do it the right way. Don't go and do it and, and then ask for forgiveness with the HOA. Get with us. We'll do a, a preliminary design for you to present to them. We'll even represent you if we need to. And we've had very, very good success. On my installation that you're doing, I was uh, swapping out the siding because it had cracked. I was adding a back porch uh, and not, not not a screen, just a just a back porch, and then I just included the solar at that time. And our HOA, who's not super restrictive, came back and gave me approval as long as it couldn't be seen from the road. Is that pretty common? That that's pretty common. That's ninety five percent of the time. But I will tell you, there is one other thing: is if you really, really, really want solar, and your HOA is really pushing back, there's enough white papers out there where you should have no problem. So, Russ, you said people don't have to put solar on their roof. And, Tim, you just mentioned you're putting it on the, the back of your porch. So what, what kinds of places are people putting solar at in their house? Well, some people say, you know, the sun is so strong out back here, but you can't put it on the roof. We can build a pergola, hmm. you know, an extended porch or, an, or a freestanding pergola. The big benefit of that is if you put solar on it with the tax credit, basically you're getting your pergola for free and you're, getting your, and you're paying for your solar. Very nice. So oh wow! I, I didn't know that the that that the uh, you know the structure that is standing on yes. like a pergola would be a tax credit. That's part of the racking. Wow, Casey, that's kind of what we did down at Sapelo Island for the Gullah yeah. Geechee community. We built that pavilion right. right to power their library. Of course, they didn't qualify for a tax credit, and we had it all donated anyway. But that was a pavilion. Hey, when we come back in segment two, I want to get into batteries, Casey, because we're talking about batteries all the time. You're thinking about putting batteries on your home, uh, and I'm not going to be able to do it at my home at this time. But I, I want to get into why people are asking this question about batteries.
batteries and and how do they how do they make a difference? We've got Russ Seifert with us. He's with CreativeSolarUSA.com. You can find out more about his company at CreativeSolarUSA.com. Stick around. We'll be right back with Russ Seifert and Creative Solar USA. Energy Matters would like to thank GasSouth for its support of the show. GasSouth has a no-deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per-therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. GasSouth, the difference is good. GasSouth believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit. And the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. GasSouth. The difference is good. Tim Eccles, host of Energy Matters, here with Jeff Pratt of Green Power EMC. Jeff, more and more EMCs are offering solar to their members, and you're seeing it grow like crazy across rural Georgia. Tim, you're right. Co-ops in Georgia are doing a great job of deploying solar across the state. In fact, they're leaders in the country with respect to engaging customers and deploying large-scale solar to benefit all their members. Hey, contact your EMC and ask them about their solar energy policy, or just Google Green Power EMC. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Welcome back to Energy Matters. I'm Casey Boyce here along with Tim Eccles. And we are in the studio today with Russ Seifert from Creative Solar USA. And we are talking solar. Yes, we are. It's great to have you here, Russ. So we talked in the first segment about why people might want to put solar on their home or even their business. And one of the things that's really been surprising to me, uh, kind of following the energy industry, is just the explosion in the number of people that are putting batteries in their homes to go along with the solar. And Russ, part of the reason why it's so surprising to me is that I've really looked and tried to make a financial case for batteries. And at least here in Georgia, it's really hard. So you work with customers, you put batteries in. Why are people putting batteries in their home? It, that, that's a really good question. And I'll tell you, it depends on customers' values. And that comes down to, you can't really calculate an ROI on a battery system. But there's people where if they lost the power, some people, even their lives depend on it. And if that's the case, and the first time the power goes out and that battery kicks in, the ROI is instantaneously to some people. Not to others, there's a brand loyalty. We won't talk about the brand loyalty specifically out there, but there's a lot of brand loyalty and the value of it that it puts to them long-term wise. And there's one additional benefit, but I think, Tim, you have a question. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like people are using the batteries like a generator. Exactly. But what's nice about it, you don't have to pay for the fuel. You don't have to pay for the upkeep on it. And it'll last just as long, if not possibly longer, than a gas generator. Because your fuel is free from 92 million miles away. 
So I'll tell you, that is, and Tim mentioned in the first segment, but that's why I am looking at putting a battery in my house is that, you know, there have been a number of times, and now we don't lose power all the time, right? But there have been a number of times where it's a blue sky day, and, you know, as Tim mentioned, we've got a lot of trees in Decatur. Yep. Big tree comes down over the power lines, knocks out the power. Hey, we've got sun shining on the roof, but our power is out because we don't have the battery. And, you know, a friend of mine uh, that has solar, same thing. First time his power went out, he said, I didn't realize that we wouldn't have power. I thought you know these panels on the roof were going to do it for me but uh, that's not the case right Russ let me let me let me ask you because this is a confusing thing that one of the myths I think about solar is that it's going to be able to allow you to go off the grid for a certain amount of time even in a storm you know and an outage or something but isn't it true that if there's an outage that the power company stops your solar production that is absolutely right if you don't have a battery backup system and you just have solar you will not have any power from the solar if the grid goes down it's an nec code that's nationwide and almost worldwide and it's for the safety of our utility workers that's what it's for if you don't have storage and you just have solar I don't care who tells you what, you will not have power. Casey, I know you work with Escalon and you guys work in a lot of states, but I don't hear a lot of people in Georgia wanting to like go completely off the grid and, and sever the tie, you know, with the utility. Is that something in the research that you guys have done around the nation that some customers are saying? Uh, you know, Tim, I think that is really a very, very small minority of customers. So I have heard anecdotal stories of, you know, a couple of people, you know, one who grew up in an off-grid house and, you know, had to deal with all of the issues uh, from that and not having power in certain times. There's one guy out in California that I heard about that seasonally disconnects during the summer when he's got enough sunshine on his solar panels, but then reconnects to the grid over the winter. But what we are seeing, and, and Russ, it ties very much into what you were saying, is that customers really want to have the ability for that backup power. So when the power does go out and it's happening more frequently around the country with wildfires or hurricanes or other weather events they want to have that backup power i mean is that the driving factor for your customers that's one of the driving factors but a lot of people also feel that the ch other challenge is coming is that there's cybersecurity issues with our utility grid and a lot of people are in fear of that but there is one other big plus that people don't remember or have been informed about with energy storage you don't just use it for that you know the backup instances that happen maybe three or four times a year and they're saying why am i spending fourteen twenty thousand dollars for energy storage you can use it on a daily basis up to two times a day and that helps offset your demand of when you're maybe not home and the solar is generating so much energy you're sending stuff back to the grid at maybe a third of the cost buy low and sell high to yourself, and you're maximizing the use of that energy storage on a daily basis. You can do that now. Four or five years ago, you did not have that technology at the grasp of your hands. I mean, it sounds like, Casey, from what I've heard about batteries, is that dumping that battery every day, getting it, getting the battery on a routine helps the health of the battery. I, I mean, I think so. Certainly every cycle uh, does put a little bit of wear in it, but I think the battery management systems, and I bet, Russ, you, you can probably talk more intelligently than I can, help protect the health of the cells. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The energy management systems on these batteries, or the technology has grown and, and gotten better year by year. You, 
it's wonderful. It, it, you can basically just leave it alone and not have to worry about it. Well, and the thing that's interesting too, beyond just using it for yourself, right? So shifting that consumption yeah. um, and, and using the most of the power that you've got is also the utility use case. And, and we've talked about this on the show before. There are utilities like Green Mountain Power in Vermont that are kind of co-managing home battery storage systems with their customers. So the utility has the ability to offset peak. Um, so if everyone's using air conditioning or everyone's charging their EV, they can kind of draw down on homeowners' batteries to help manage those grid demands. But it's there in case of an emergency, you know, an outage situation that the homeowners got the backup uh, power that they're looking for. That is absolutely right. There's actually more places across the nation doing that. We're actually working on a project with a developer where one out of every four homes is going to have energy storage and the utility can manage it to offset the peak load demand. And Tim, I'm hoping that this is something that we see come to Georgia sooner rather than later, but uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, we're talking to Russ Seifert of Creative Solar USA and th this idea of the utility being able to tap into the battery at needy times, I think is gaining traction. And Casey, we've had Jeff Smith on from Georgia Power mm -hmm. with the Temp Check program, who's talked about, and we've joked about it being like a robot home where the power company actually pre-cools the house, they tap into the smart thermostat, they pre-cool the house, and then they curtail the house in 15-minute increments. I mean, isn't tapping into the battery the next logical step for this casey well you know i think it's like making a blt right so you know bacon by itself is really good tomato can be really good lettuce maybe not so much but like you think about stacking it all together right and if you've got a controllable smart thermostat you've got a battery in the house maybe you've got an ev in the house right it gives the utility a lot of resources to draw on to do some of these grid management things that can provide value to the homeowner it can provide value to all of the people that are using the grid maybe putting a, a fractionally downward pressure on rates but it's really about flexibility because tim you know our longtime listeners and those that are energy geeks know this but energy is unique or electricity is unique in that the amount produced has to equal the amount consumed at any given instant in time where really bad things happen so having that flexibility you got a nice tasty blt on, on the grid don't forget the mayo sorry i forgot the mayo you know what I'm amazed at, Casey, is that you live in Decatur and you're talking about bacon. Uh, I mean, that's uh, I thought y'all didn't need bacon down there. Uh, no? Okay. Well, you know, we're, we're omnivores down there. Okay. Okay. Russ, what Casey's <laughs> talking about here, uh, this this idea of tapping in to the battery, uh, you're, you're getting questions about that? Very much so. Um, there's actually some utilities where they're using two batteries in the home, one the utility controls and the other one the consume homeowner controls. And with the utility having it there, it helps them definitely work on offsetting the demand for the additional homes. Casey asked me if I'm open to this. I'm definitely open to this. And I, I love the idea of the utility being able to be a trusted partner, you know, work with a trusted contractor, pop this battery in the garage that the utility's controlling and and we've essentially distributed storage in that case hasn't we? haven't we yeah absolutely and i think it's really good that that utilities engage with solar developers versus having a divided line i think it's really good that that they come together and work on programs like this and i think if you see that more happening you're going to have more engagement and the overall beneficiary is the homeowners 
Casey, for the last 11 years, I have worked to try to get the power company to a place where they're doing just what Russ has described. They, you know, you can go to georgiapower.com forward slash solar and see more about the program. But I do feel like we've made some progress in this area. I mean, obviously, the commission is there as a referee. I'm always refereeing fights, you know, between different entities. But I feel like we're making progress in there, this area, Russ. Exactly. And it's going to take time. You're dealing with utility companies that have a business model for 50, 70, and 100 years. They can't change overnight. But one thing I will tell you is with the boom of the EV market, where almost 75% of the vehicles are going to be electric by 2025, I don't think the utilities should be too concerned about people putting solar on their homes because that demand for charging those EVs Where's that going to come from? It's going to come from the utility company because with solar and storage, you can't really always charge your vehicle because of the demand on that. And I think the utilities have a lot coming forward. Casey, I was surprised the other day to hear Fox News talking about the F-150 Lightning and the feature of being able to plug the home in. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm I'm telling you, Casey, Republicans are coming around. It's been a slow slog. Uh, for me to get my colleagues, uh, you know, in the legislature and beyond to come around. But they are. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hey, when we come back, uh, we, we're going to keep Russ over. We want to continue to talk about solar. I want to talk about the supply chains and some issues with uh, with supplies being held up, uh, the cost increase, inflation that's going on, the high demand, uh, you know, for these materials, the impact that it's having. We've got Russ Seifert in the studio, creativesolarusa.com. Stick around. We're bringing him back to talk another segment about solar and asking the question, will it work for you? Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure you receive the highest quality solar energy system in the industry. They're proud to work with you before, during, and after the install, blending customer demand, system capability, and expertise to provide the best service possible. Contact them today at 770-485-7438 or creativesolarusa.com. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We talk all the time on Energy Matters about buying a used EV instead of a new one. Let someone else pay the depreciation. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, can fix you up. Go to their website at ev-hybrid.com to see the ever-changing inventory. BMVW has every brand, every type of EV, and they'll even let you test drive it for three days, show you how to charge it and drive it for maximum performance. That's ev-hybrid.com, ev-hybrid.com. Reducing pollution from the transportation industry is an important goal, and few alternative vehicle fuels offer the distinct advantages of compressed natural gas. I myself drive an F-150 CNG pickup. Marlin Compression, part of Marlin Gas Services, is helping to usher in this clean energy future to the Port of Savannah, too. Not only is Marlin Compression a trusted provider of CNG for fleet fueling, they are also working with Port Fueling Center on a state-of-the-art CNG truck fueling facility. Learn more about the distinct economic and environmental advantages of using natural gas for trucking fleets of all sizes and explore all of Marlin services by visiting marlincompression.com. That's marlincompression.com. Calculate your savings 
today. Hey, Tim Eccles back on Energy Matters with Russ Seifert, Creative Solar USA in the studio. Casey, we kind of left off with a little tease about the F-150 Lightning. I heard uh, Fox News doing a promo on it. And Casey, I don't know if you've heard, but Ford's going to invest about $11 billion in a facility up in Kentucky. I hate it's not Georgia, but that's pretty significant. That's a big amount of money. But the thing that is Georgia uh, sourced is the batteries for the F-150 Lightning. They're coming out of the SK Innovations plant, uh, I believe, just up the road from uh, where we're at here in Commerce. Yeah, I live in Jackson County. It's a huge facility. I mean, folks have driven up 85. You passed the BMW plant up in Spartanburg, and you probably looked and said, wow, that's a big plant. Wait till you see this SK Innovations plant. Uh, Russ, have you had a chance to drive by that? I have twice, and it's a extremely impressive and it's great to have that type of technology and implementation into the Georgia uh, arena because of the new jobs it's creating. Russ, we've got all kind of battery manufacturers out there. Tesla, of course, everyone's heard about uh, about that battery. We've got, uh, and I guess Panasonic makes uh, makes their battery. Yep. Uh, and we've got, uh, Casey, the other brand. Uh, Sonnen. Yeah, Sonnen. Yeah. Um, I mean, Russ, is there a chance that a company like SK Innovations might go into the standalone battery uh, business? I think they possibly could, but I think they're looking at the low-hanging fruit. And by making the batteries for all the automobile manufacturers, that's probably their best model. There's a lot of other uh, battery innovations coming out there into the residential market to where it's flooding it. If I'm driving an F-150 Lightning and I'm, you know, got it in my garage and I have solar on my home, how, how does the truck work with solar? Is there a, a special inverter I've got to have, or how, how do you make that work? So right, so you have AC energy converted into your house from the solar. Not many people realize that, but the battery in the truck is just like an off-grid. It's DC, so you have to have a converter to run that charge back into the battery system of the vehicle, sort of like just plugging in your Tesla or your your Leaf. And it will reverse in the same fashion as what they're saying that the Ford can do to even power your home. We've talked before about how plugging an electric car, my like my little puny Nissan Leaf or your fancy Polestar into the grid voids the warranty, but Ford is taking a different approach here. They are, yeah. So as, as Russ said, um, you know, they're they're talking about vehicle to grid or vehicle to load, and we've seen other uh, car companies start to do that as well. So Hyundai's uh, upcoming Ionic uh, has a plug in it. It won't plug directly into the home, but it's got a nice uh, 110 volt there uh, that you can use. I think maybe even a 240 that you can can plug into. Um, so I think auto manufacturers are getting more comfortable with this idea that the batteries in the vehicle can be used to power things besides the vehicle itself without voiding the warranty. Russ, let me ask you about the type of customers that you're seeing this interested in in solar. I was down in Macon, Georgia, lining up my Clean Energy Roadshow now in its 11th year, and our making stop will be on the Mercer campus. And I was at that Georgia Power Community Charger plugging in my Chevy Volt, which Casey makes makes fun of. I was charging it because that's what I do. Every time I get somewhere, I, ch- I charge the car. There was another Chevy, a Bolt, backed in beside the charger. It was wrapped with solar advertising with a little flyer on the actual window uh, under the windshield wiper. And it looked like that they were marketing solar to anybody that happened to be charging their electric car. Is there a nexus between people that drive electric cars and people that want solar. 
Absolutely, because people that buy the electric cars, they're very carbon sensitive. And they're like, well, um, wait a minute, I bought an electric vehicle, but I'm plugging into the grid at night, so I'm getting my energy from coal. I better do something, otherwise I'm going to be tagged. Casey, you hearing this? Yeah, absolutely. So when in our work, we see a very big overlap between customers who have solar and EVs, and it goes both directions, right? So not only, as Russ said, the EV owner saying, hey, I want to get as much clean energy as possible, but the solar owner saying, huh, I'm producing all this like electricity here. Wonder what I could do with that. And they end up in an EV. So they definitely are coming together. And, you know, even if you've got, you know, we talked in the first segment about trees and, you know, some of the things that might prohibit you from putting solar on your home. There are lots of green power programs in Georgia, whether it's through Georgia Power or That's the right. EMCs, that you can get renewable energy for your EV if you're driving an EV. Yeah, you can. And there's many, many programs out there. Georgia Power does have a, a good program out there for that. Thinking about these these customers that drive the EV that want solar, I, do you find these type of customers? Because Escalant has done a lot of study with cars and drivers. Are there yep. other things that these type of customers are interested in? Yeah. So, I mean, these customers tend to be interested in home batteries, just as we were talking about. They also tend to be interested in energy efficiency. So, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, once you start wading into some of these new energy technologies, whether it's, you know, solar, home batteries, EVs, you really start to become much more aware of the energy that you're using and you tend to engage a lot more with your utility. Again, whether it's Georgia Power, EMC, one of the, the municipal utilities across the state, and you're looking for, you know, what kinds of things are available uh, that allow me to better manage my energy use, maybe get cleaner energy, maybe use less of it. Um, so yeah, it's uh, they become power users. Russ, let me ask you, because uh, your guys came out to my house and Creative Solar's putting solar on my Houston home and your guys did a, a site visit. They went up into the attic yep. uh, of the home. Yep. When you guys make these site visits and you find a customer, maybe they don't have hardly any installation, insulation or there's there's other issues that would affect the performance of the solar. Do you tell the customer that? Do you give them advice or do you just kind of stay out of that? We actually always ask them the age of the roof one. Also, have they insulated their home? And secondly, how old are the windows in their home? Those are the smallest investments that can have the biggest impact. Then to go to maybe even LEDs. Mm -hmm. Then maybe you only need two thirds of the solar that you initially thought you needed. So I think it's a very smart thing. It may not be smart for our business model, but I think for the overall consumer, it's more beneficial. Casey, uh, I had Ted Terry, the DeKalb County Commissioner, and he and I go go way back. I had him on one of my uh, live streams uh, the other day, mm -hmm. and we were talking about a program in Clarkston that he helped start that provided about $2,000 worth of upgrades to a home. No HVAC system, but insulation, sealing up the house. We were talking about the energy burden that people have. Yeah. One of the things that is so true is that when you put insulation in a home, you reduce their power bill permanently, right? Absolutely. And the other thing that a lot of people forget is that insulation often helps make the home more comfortable, particularly if you're doing it along with ceiling cracks and, and things like that and in the windows or around walls. And and that comfort, not only does it, it you know, it, it 
you know, increases the quality of life, but it also reduces issues of like mold and asthma and things like that. So, I mean, it's got this huge payback to do that very small investment. Yep. If you're just tuning in, we've got Russ Seifert here with Creative Solar USA. Russ, we teased this segment by saying that the supply chains are a little bit constrained out there. We've got some cost increase. What's going on with this supply chain? There's a lot of things going on. Because of the microchip shortage, it's affected a lot of inverter manufacturers. Some of the tariffs from previous years, you're having boats that are being turned around now at ports going back. So a lot of your utility scale developers, they've put their projects off to even 2023 because wow. you can't get solar panels right now. We were very fortunate uh, about four months back to kind of have uh, a discussion internally and have some hindsight. And we bought enough solar panels to get us through Q1 of next year. It sounds like that's a little bit of uh, a kind of recurring theme. I know you told me a number of times you've bought uh, big yeah. containers of panels and, and that's allowed you to ride through some of these supply yeah. disruptions, yeah? We call it the solar coaster. <laughs> yeah, the solar coaster. What about the metals or the materials, yep. uh, uh, the raw materials? I know the panels have a little bit of silver mm -hmm. uh, in those solar cells and the aluminum, aluminum cladding. What, what is kind of the weakest link? Uh, the weakest link uh, in the development of the panels is just the cells, just getting them manufactured. There's only three main worldwide manufacturers for some of the cells that are used, the majority of it. But I'll tell you where some of the biggest cost increases are coming right now. Copper is now tripled in cost for the electrical portion, whether it be inside the panels, inside the inverters, and a lot of it is where you run the system into the customer's home. Mm. Then your cost of steel has doubled. So it has put an impact on the cost. We see uh, a small increment in the cost of solar going up into Q1 2022, but however, we still see a business increase of about 25%. We know that Suniva, which was a Georgia Tech uh, startup, uh, failed and, and went bankrupt. We know that a lot of German companies that were making solar no longer do it. It seems like everything's moved to China. It seems like that there is. I think uh, the op opportunity that the previous administration did by putting in the tariffs, though, they did some good because it brought some of those manufacturers from overseas back here and created jobs. And in fact, to Georgia, right? Right. SK is one of them. You got QCell, which is the largest developer of solar panels in the Northwest Hemisphere. Wow, and that's in Dalton, Georgia. Hey, when we come back, we're going to wrap up the show with one more segment with Russ. I want to talk about the future, guys. I want to talk about what things are going to look like. What do I need to do on, my, on the Public Service Commission with my colleagues to prepare for this future? Where do we need to be pushing the utility? What is the outlook? What, what's the headwinds, the tailwinds for renewable energy. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Stick around. We'll be right back with Russ Seifert of Creative Solar USA. Hey, Tim Eccles here, host of Energy Matters. Solar's growing like crazy in Georgia, and I certainly say buyer beware. It's great to have companies like Creative Solar USA on the job. Russ, why do folks need to reach out to you? Tim, we're going on to our 14th year, and we have the best staff and most experienced installers in the state to get the job done right. You can find out more at creativesolarusa.com or call 770-485-7438. That's creativesolarusa.com. 
The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to GemCarService.com. That's G-E-M, CarService.com. This segment of Energy Matters is sponsored by Hall Booth Smith. This law firm works with over 88 Fortune 500 companies, and they have offices from Brunswick to Athens, Tifton to Columbus, and of course, Atlanta. We'd like to thank Hall Booth Smith for the great work they do with school boards, hospitals, cities, and counties all over our state. See more at HallBoothSmith.com. Hey, Tim Eccles back. Energy Matters. One more segment. Casey, great having an expert in the studio. It is indeed, yeah. We got Russ Seifert uh, with Creative Solar USA. Hey, Casey, I've got to have a little party at my house, you know, and let folks see my solar, my new back porch, see one of my electric vehicles. How does that sound, Casey? Uh, solar ribbon cutting. I like that. Yeah, there you yeah go. I love it. Uh, Russ, it's good to have you in the studio. Uh, you serve on a roundtable, the BWG roundtable. You'll tell us what that is, but you have had the opportunity to hear from some out-of-state developers and some of the challenges they're having. What are you finding out? I'm finding out a lot of it is supply chain issues. The other portion of it is labor. Uh, just finding the labor and finding the people that were willing to take the time and get trained properly to do the installs is a big challenge. Casey, we talk about clean energy jobs, and believe it or not, if you're in a solar field that's a thousand acres down in Twiggs County, Georgia, you may simply use a lube gun and lube actuators all day long every day and get paid nicely for it but there are, there are a lot of clean energy jobs but I don't know that we're training people for these yeah I mean I think you know part of what we need to do is is find training opportunities through the technical colleges and um, you know maybe even back into high school around some of these clean energy jobs to provide the kind of workforce that you're hearing the call for right Russ yeah and Chattahoochee Tech is now implementing uh, solar PV training uh, course and degrees. And we're also working with Cobb Workforce over six portions of the state for help uh, getting people trained. Down at Savannah Tech, Casey, Kathy Love, the president of Savannah Tech, was very proud to take me out to one of her buildings there and show me what her electrical class did in putting solar up on top of Savannah Tech behind the meter, lowering the overall cost of the electricity and that stuff has been up there almost 10 years now. That's fantastic. Yeah, and a lot more institutions are doing that. I know City of Decatur schools have done that uh, in a couple of, in fact, you guys did one of those projects, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, we, and we're doing four more. Excellent. Yep. Um, so, you know, having that institutional uh, tie-in and giving kids an opportunity to see what this stuff is like, right? It's, uh, you know, I've got a friend who, uh, one of his first jobs was as a plumber, and he talks about how messy and dirty and just you know that, that's a tough job for any plumbers that are out there listening um, you know hats off to you you know but putting solar panels on a roof there's some dangers to it you're up high but it's a fairly clean thing and and you know i think a fairly rewarding career it's very rewarding for a lot of people because they want to have an impact somehow in their career and they're making an impact by putting solar on the roof 
That's great. Russ, you talked about the NABCEP certification. What is that? NABCEP is National Board of Electrical Certified Practitioners. It's an exam that uh, if you really want to pursue solar, you have to be on the job trained. And it's got a very, very challenging passing ratio because it's so hard. Give me an example of something that uh, an electrician just working out there day in, day out wouldn't know about a solar system if they didn't have that NABCEP certification. If they didn't have that certification, they wouldn't understand the math involved from the conversion from DC power into AC power and how the waves and everything and all the details of it interact with just a home or with the grid. And there's a lot of nuances that a lot of times people will assume and then once they get into it, they're like, oh, wow, I'm in a little too deep. Mm-hmm. I need to get some education on this. So if a person's considering solar, and, we, and we're talking to Russ Seifert of creativesolarusa.com, do they need to ask about this NABCEP certification? I recommend it, very much so. You wanna have a NABCEP engineer that has designed it so they understand your roof structure, make sure it's safe. That's the biggest thing. And absolutely make sure that the system is going to do what they say it's gonna do. Let me ask you about these marketing companies, these telemarketing companies that are calling in to, and putting Facebook ads out there. They're from out of state. I mean, I, I can't get them to re- return. I send messages to them because I'm trying to actually have a conversation with them uh, about their practices. I'm getting no, no response, but they're calling people. They're making these promises. And, and then what do they do? Farm it out to a contractor? I mean, because they don't seem to know what they're doing. Their sales arm does one thing and then the installation company that they contract does the other part of it. So there's there's a break in communication as far as what the customer's expectations are of what they were sold in relation to what the installation is gonna be. And, wh- and how does that affect future servicing of that, the warranties. Uh, I mean, is, is there some danger with just doing business with any old person that calls you? There is, because a lot of these companies, as you can see, they came in and they flew back out already. So if you have a problem with it, who are you gonna call? It's better off dealing with a local developer. You may pay a little bit more, but you're supporting local jobs. You're providing a local company that's been here 14 years, and they're going to troubleshoot it if you have a problem. And if you have a problem six months later, they're going to help you out. And look, you know, there are a number of folks like Creative Solar that are Georgia-based developers yes. that you can reach out to. So, you know, you, you guys did the solar on my home. Very happy with it. You're doing the solar on Tim's home. You've got competitors out here that are Georgia-based, which, you know, great for people getting quotes. Um, but really understand who it is that you're dealing with if you want to put solar on and get some recommendations. There's so much solar around the state now that many people, you know, they'll see a home with solar panels in their neighborhood. Go Talk on the door. Ask them about their experience. Talk to them about their experience. Absolutely. Casey, I know you served on that commission in DeKalb County and in the, the Solar Rise Decatur. Didn't you guys do a little due diligence on that? We did, yeah. So, I mean, that's another way for people who are interested in going solar to make it really easy because part of the Solar Rise program is actually putting out a request for proposals for solar installers. And so, uh, you know, they'll get proposals from Creative Solar or whoever else uh, to actually be the installer for the program. And the Solar Rise committee 
actually vets those installers, looks at the equipment they're proposing to use, looks at their history, uh, interviews their previous customers to see what the experience was. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we did Solarize uh, for our house and Creative Solar was the installer for Solarize Decatur to Cab. Um, and, you know, we went through that vetting process. And what was nice is that you know, people who wanted to do solar, but maybe didn't have the time to go get three quotes or do vetting, they had confidence that we had done that for them and they were going to be getting a solid product, a solid installation at the end of the day. And Casey, real quick, we weren't able to really do it overnight, the install, were we? <laughs> no. So I, this goes back to permitting and jurisdictional issues where uh, City of Decatur was a little bit of a stick in the mud with that, weren't they? Right. So what I'm trying to explain is that customers, please understand that don't have expectations that it's going to be happening overnight. Be patient. There's a lot more steps in putting solar in your home than most the cases. Yep. You know, I, I, I'm experiencing this just to a small degree uh, as we're putting solar on my home now, but it seems like that having that utility engaged and having them inspect this and see this, I mean, that seems like it's really good in the long run. That's extremely important that the utility is involved because you're working alongside them. And if you don't do your job right as a solar integrator, you're gonna bruise yourself. And, and right now, Georgia Power is backed up two and a half months because there's so much solar going on. So people need to be patient and let it be done and done right. Hey, I wanna give a shout out to Jackson the EMC, Casey. Uh, I'm a member of Jackson EMC and we're putting solar, uh, Russ is putting solar on my home in Houston. And not only does Jackson EMC have net metering, but Jackson EMC gives you a rebate uh, for every kilowatt that you put on. Russ, that is, I mean, it seems unheard of around the state for them not only to give you the net metering, but then to give you money back. That's right. I mean, there's actually about four or five EMCs that are doing that program right now. Some have uh, curtailed it, but uh, it's a great incentive for homeowners. That just makes your return on investment even better. So I think what you're saying is that if you are interested in going solar, definitely take a look at the incentives that are available from your utility. And I would guess that any reputable solar installer has some sense of what those are for homeowners. Yes. Well, they should know what what they're getting into, so they should be able to inform and educate the client. Yeah. Yeah, our show goes out uh, all, all over the place. And, you know, just contact your utility and ask about their solar policy. I find Jackson EMC to be extremely, you know, friendly. And, you know, we've been trying to make Georgia Power more friendly, and I feel like they have become an expert in this. We, we've got to get these backlogs taken care of, and we're working on that. Just a couple of minutes left in the show. Let's hit a couple of tailwinds going on right now and a couple of headwinds. Uh, let's start with, with headwinds. Just this is a lightning round. Russ, what are, what's the headwinds for solar right now? The headwinds for solar is that it's growing year after year after year. It's not going away. It is here to stay. Uh, like the new big Ford F-150 plant, half of the acreage is for solar to offset their power demand. You know, I think it's 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 here to stay. Energy storage is here to stay. You know, 50% of your homeowners plus have energy storage. You're probably going to even see it be even higher now down the road. 
And what would you say are the, the challenges ahead for solar? The challenges for solar is the technology constantly is in flux and changing. Uh, you still will have some supply chain issues, I think. Um, and then just mitigating internal costs as a developer and watching costs from the market and making sure your customers are happy. Casey, great to have Russ in. If you're just uh, tuning in as we wrap the show, he's at Creative Solar USA. Dot com. Russ, thanks for joining us today. I enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Hey, you can find out about any of our shows uh, by just searching on your podcast, Energy Matters with Commissioner Eccles. It'll be driven right to your inbox if you subscribe. We'd love to have you listen to us each and every week. Casey, great having you on today. Yeah, it's always fun to be in the studio with you. And Russ, thanks again for being here. Absolutely. Pleasure, guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Energy does matter. Have a great weekend. Tim Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. Gerd and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com, solarsunworld.com. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your one, two, or five dollar checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you.